Hello, and welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where you can propel your faith into even deeper levels as we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Geib. Good day, good day, Kingdom Corner podcast devotees and followers. The great Matt Geib is so excited to be here today. I told you uh, that we were going to begin to have some more interviews again, and I'm so excited. A couple of my wonderful pastor friends are here, and the other good thing is I wanted to find some local people, and they're local in my area. They're just wonderful men, man and woman of God, Tina and Steve McCorkle. Uh, from there down in the Sumner area, which is about four uh, four miles from where I live in Bonnie Lake. And they have a wonderful church called um, First Fruits. And we're going to get into this discussion on Abba's pa- pastors or Abba's shepherds and really kind of dissect this for you, what that means, how they see the office of, of pastor. So uh, welcome, Steve and Tina. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, Matt. How are you, buddy? I'm great. Good. How how are both of you today? Doing good. We're happy to be here, too. Yeah, we're honored. Great. So here's what I I just have to ask you. Um, I think we can combine two of the questions I have right off. I would like to have, without it taking up the whole time here, kind of your brief testimonies all the way up until you knew you were called to pastor First Fruits, and how that came to be and your intentions for that. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. <clears throat> Boy, this could really develop into a long story, so I'll try to keep it I'll try to keep it as short and condensed. You know, I'll go wherever God has right. me go with it. Yes, right? that's what I want. Wherever God takes yeah. us. So obviously in the beginning I, you know, uh didn't know the Lord. Uh, I can honestly say at this time, though, that looking back on my life, even as a child, uh, when I look back on it, I can see where even in spite of myself, uh, not really growing up in a, a Christian household, per se, where we went to church and that sort of thing. My my, my mother was, uh, you know, believed in God and everything, but it was, you know, not really heavy duty uh, into relationship so much. But as I grew up, I, I can look back now and see where God's hand was in my life, preserving me and protecting me as a child, even and even as a young teen and a young man, in spite of myself, you know, that uh, God comes to us yet while we're sinners, you know, it says in the Bible, and, uh, and he's got a plan and a purpose. So <clears throat> when I, uh, to be honest with you, uh, my first encounter, real encounter with the Lord uh, in um, was uh, uh, meeting Tina. Tina, uh, I uh, met her through a friend of mine initially, and being the young man that I was, I saw her and I was uh, very attracted to her. And uh, and so I kind of tried to make efforts to get to know her and at the time, and uh I was eight years older than her, and when she saw me uh, initially and met me, it was kind of like, well, hello, and uh, we'll see you again sometime, and that was about it. Uh, There wasn't really a mutual attraction there at all, but uh, 
God used her later in my life because through the same friend, I went to visit my friend. She happened to be there and I, and I got into talking to her and I thought, man, this, this gal here, uh, of all the women I've met in my life, sure seems to know where she is at in life and where she's headed. And, and it was because of Jesus Christ in her life. And to make a long romantic story short, she's the one who ultimately led me to the Lord. She gave me an opportunity to meet with her, and she and, and ultimately she took me to church, and I gave my life to the Lord. I was working for Boeing at the time, and I was about, uh, uh, I'd say about 26 years old uh, when I gave my life to the Lord. And uh, very shortly after that, I went into Youth with a Mission. God led me into Youth with a Mission. And at the age of 27, that's where I began. I, I quit Boeing to devote myself to the mission field. And that is where God really started to do a work in me. And Tina and I uh, kept in touch uh, through letters and that sort of a thing. And when I uh, finally did my stint with uh, Youth with a Mission and came out, uh, through letter writing and that God developed a relationship between her and I. And shortly, probably within a year after I got out of youth with a mission, we ended up getting married. So I am married to the woman who led me to the Lord. And uh, next year in March, will mark 40 years of marriage. And hey, I'll be honest. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest. Um, I've been quite a challenge for her over the years. And she has hung in there uh, in, in the midst of all of that, uh, um, of my uh, sometimes being pretty flaky. Uh, she's hung in there, and I am uh, a much better man, a more godly man today because of her. So God has really used uh, Tina instrumentally uh, to not only bring me to him, but, you know, iron sharpens iron. And uh, so... Uh, and and then ultimately, uh, what we've gone to church and we've had we've had uh, uh, relations with going to church, and she she spent more time doing ministry, I think, than I did. But ultimately, through some different uh, situations in church, uh, where we had some kind of bad experiences, um, we came we came out of church and and what. What year would you say it was? How long ago was it that we began our ministry here in our home? Uh, I, well, in 2012, we started uh, opening our home once a month Yeah, for just, to, just a night of worship and prophetic ministry. Once a month. Uh, yeah, about 2012, I, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we just had some, we had some, uh, you know, and, and, uh, I'm not uh, wanting to diss uh, those churches at all in any way. It's just that we had situations where we just had uh, some bad experiences that that uh, actually God used in our life to help give us a better perspective of how we would handle uh, people coming in and how we would deal with people and raise people up. And so we just decided... Uh, to go ahead and open up, like Tina said, once a month. And we would just call and invite some invite friends and that. And we just wanted to have a worship night and see where God wanted to take that. 
And that really was ultimately the birth of First Fruits Revolution Ministries. And we would have meetings in our house and we would go, we would just worship and go wherever God, our whole thing in First Fruits is get out of the way and let God have his way. And we don't uh, follow necessarily a pattern. You know, we, God, God is a creative God. And so uh, not every day is the same day. Thank God. And, uh, and, you know, yes, today is not a repeat of yesterday because God is creative. And so that's how we would go with worship. And sometimes worship would go for a couple of hours and people would just get in the spirit. And the next thing we knew, um, uh, we just uh, we started moving in the prophetic, giving out prophetic words and praying for people to be healed and stuff. And we were just literally having church here. And it grew to where we were having our house was just packed out. Uh, and um, then we and then we started going to instead of once a month, once a week. And then eventually we had to uh, move into a church uh, to find a building where we could fit the number of people. And, you know, wow, that kind good. of thing. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right. Um, does Tina want to add anything or should we just go on? Um, I just uh, want to say that as far as when I came to the Lord, I was a little girl. I was three years old and I was in my room and my uh, grandfather was a Baptist minister and he also had a radio program. So my mom would have that radio program playing during the day. So I had a chance to, even though we weren't going to church at that time, I had an opportunity to hear uh, about Jesus and and regularly. And I was three years old and I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me. And he said, Tina, I want you to give me your heart. And I went into my bedroom all by myself, got down on my knees, and I said, Jesus, I give you my heart. And then I I was just filled with so much joy. I went running out telling my mom I gave my heart to Jesus. Yay! <laughs> and, you know, and then seven years old and I was water baptized. And um, 10 years old, I was filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. And so because of the way God met me as a child, I have always had just a heart for children that Mm -hmm. they would come to know Jesus, you know? So that is a part of my background. And then also working with youth later Mm -hmm. in life after I rededicated my life to the Lord, because as a teenager, I went south I rededicated my life to the Lord and at 18 and a half. And um, then by 19, I was gathering high school girls in my house and having um, little Bible studies with them, uh, just wanting them to know you don't have to go through some of these things I went through. Mm-hmm. And here's what the Bible says about it. So just doing a little discipleship and then some evangelism uh, down on the streets of Puyallup, because they used to have a loop where they would cruise the loop in Puyallup. those days. Okay, so I'd go down to the park and, and with another girlfriend, and we would just talk to people about the Lord. 
And that was in that window of time that I had met Steve for the second time and, and ended up leading him to the Lord. So that's just a little backstory of, right. of, of my life and um, how God, I would just mention how God brings two people together. It's amazing. Mm. Uh, Steve was very musical and I had always, you know, been in choir in high school but he was a guitar player and he was into doing drama and all of this mm-hmm. from youth with and being in youth with a mission. And God used his gifts uh, when we finally did get married and I ended up learning to play the guitar. And so worship became a passion for us, Amen. which yes. is part of the foundation of First Fruits Revolution Ministries. Mm-hmm. So that's why I add that in. Amen. Yeah. Well, well, let's get. Uh, here's the. We can segue into this question then, because I did a little Bible study yesterday. I kind of knew what it's about because I study the Word. But would you tell the audience? Would you just explain to them? I, I love the name of the church, First Fruits Revolution, and how you came to have that name. And where we get that from? I, I think you and I know where we get it from, but maybe you could explain that for our audience. Yeah, um, I was uh, when we. I know that Tina really um, came up with first fruits, and then um, from there it was first fruits ministries. But uh, and, and we both came up with revolution. But I was really adamant to want to yes. put revolution. Uh, in the uh, in the ti- in the title of the church, in the name of the church, First Fruits Revolution Ministries, and the reason being, the very reason that we started uh, our home ministry in the first place was, and 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 sometimes when you say uh, the word to revolt, you know, like the Beatles song said, "You say you want a revolution," right. well. <laughs> We wanted a revolution, and the revolution was from from some of how we'd been treated in yes. some different circumstances within the church. But we we also felt that we wanted to a, a revolution away from man's tradition of how mm. church functions. Amen. Amen. The, how the you know the. The the standard formula of uh, you go to church, uh, you get X amount of time, you know, 20, 30 minutes for worship, uh, you know, and then and then and then sometimes you get 20 and 30 minutes worth of announcements and then you go on and you have somebody come and preach. And that was the standard thing going on. And we felt like that was so limiting to what God... Now, God can move in the framework of that. I mean, that doesn't... That's not going to limit... In the fact that the person can give just an excellent word from what God wants to say and stuff, but we just felt like, though, it was trying to hold God to a pattern. And I feel like God so often does uh, just... is so spontaneous in the things that He does... I mean, it's all ordered of the Lord, but it's spontaneous. And that's where we felt like we wanted to have a revolution is is yes. to come 
and worship God for as long as we felt like God wanted to be worshiped. And in the middle of that worship, I mean, that again, that's what Tina says. That's the foundation of everything. Why do we go to church? Mm, we don't go to yes, church. Yes. I mean, we know that we know that God has, there's so many benefits that we get from church. But the reason that we go to church is to worship him, to meet God. That's our primary purpose. We're all needy people. We're all in a process, but we shouldn't go to church with, what can I get out of church? It's, what can I give to God? What what can I do to give to God and bless him? So in our home meetings, that's the first thing we would do is just open up and worship. And then a part of the revolution is we don't limit that to 30 minutes or 40 minutes, we go and worship God till we feel like, man, you know, uh, you just naturally feel in the spirit when that worship comes to a close and it's, and God wants to transition from that into something else. And that's the pattern that we've tried to hold, not, not only from our home meeting, but even in the church when we run the church now or how we oversee the church now. So, and then in worship, which is the very foundation of it, out of that comes the prophetic. Oh, another thing in in the revolution part of it is we wanted to get away from where there's one or two people up front and then everybody else sits in a pew and does nothing but receive. Well, we tell our people in the church, Hey, the day of just sitting in the pew to receive from one or two people is done. In our in this in this body, we are going to operate as the body of Christ. You know, you don't you don't sit around all your body as a body doesn't sit around all day and only the hand does stuff. You know, I mean the whole body works and go goes out to outside the door and yeah. you talk and you hear and you you grab things and you work with it well that's the body working together to accomplish the purposes of what you're going to do that day well how do we accomplish the purpose of of God in the church unless we operate as an entire body Amen. okay that's well that's so the other thing our purposes are in, in first fruits is to worship God, let God have his way, get out of his way, and then to be a part of facilitating everybody in the body growing up in Christ yes. and enabling them to be the body and to be used, their gifts to be used. And, and if they have a yes. prophetic word or something, we, we allow that liberty in the church. <clears throat> That's so good, so good. Uh, I'll just want to add to this, and unless you had something else you wanted to add, Tina. Um, yes, I do actually. Go ahead, um, and then I. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't touch on my thought, then I'll ask you about <laughs> okay. it. Okay, <laughs> That's right. Well, I just wanted to mention that um, the ty- the name first fruits has value and meaning as well, because you had asked about the name, and Steve addressed revolution. But first fruits uh, is biblical, and yes. in the in, yeah in the Old Testament in in Leviticus, and you 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 read about how they would bring their offering, their first fruits. It says in Proverbs 
uh, that bring it, it says that to bring the first fruits of all of your increase to honor the Lord. Yeah. yeah. And and then Jesus himself was the firstborn, it says in the word uh, among all creation. And Amen. he and he himself was a first fruits. And uh, then we just began to understand that the Lord wants to focus. Uh, we were just very drawn on the whole Bible that God mm-hmm. was speaking in the Old Testament, always pointing to Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and uh, learning about the Hebraic. What right. is what is the value? Because most of the time in church, we never uh, heard what the Hebrew meaning for no. this. You no. just didn't hear about it. You would hear about the Greek on occasion from the New Testament, but we began to really find so many ancient secrets in the Hebrew letters, numbers, etc. And so, uh, being ourselves as a living, offer your bodies in view of God's mercy. To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, which Amen. is your spiritual worship. We Amen. decided that we wanted to bring to God ourselves as a first fruits. Yes. As yes. well. Oh, yep. that's Amen. good. Yeah. That's good. So so that was a part of the first fruits. It's got multicolors in there. And um, then the Amen. revolution also is that right. Steve and I are male and female yep. working together. Uh, mm. As a Deborah and a Barack or a Priscilla and an Aquila, we are that's working great. together as a team. So that's another revolution is we yes. wanted to show yes. that the the wife isn't isn't just a, like to be the pastor's wife. She can co-pastor with her husband and uh, isn't relegated to overseeing the children's department unless she chooses, but that they as a team can work together in pastoring a church. And so we also wanted to role model that. Boy, and, wow. and just a little add on to that is, uh, and, and this is kind of a word to the men out there that have wives, is, um, man, the minute that I began to humble myself and realize how much I needed to work together in flow in the spirit with my wife uh, by my side because that you know the rib was taken out of the side. So my exactly. wife and I, she when when it says she's my helpmeet or my helpmate, I'm telling you um, that puts us on a, a, a equal footing in the spirit, yes. and so. The man, I find in, in, in church that men need to really humble themselves and realize that God put the woman with you. When yes. a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. That's correct. And where one can yes. put a thousand to flight, if you are working with your wife in the spirit, flowing together, okay? I'm talking about at the same time, flowing in the spirit uh, like yeah. we do with worship and that, or even when we teach, that two can put 10,000 to flight. Amen. Amen. That's such, you get 
gave us such a full answer of what first fruits is about. I, I just love that. I was thinking of the Old Testament, like Tina brought into about that offering they'd wave before the Lord. And when I yes. come into first fruits, what I always think of is you are also worship oriented that that's the first fruits. That's what we come in. Like you said, Steve, it's not what I can get, but what can I give to God? Yeah. And we come, I think you have, uh, probably instilled that in your people when they come through the doors. Sure, we have needs sometimes, and we do need ministry. But really, the first thing is, what can I offer to God? And I think that's what you've really uh, hit that well, nailed it on the head. I love that. Um, so my next question, I think maybe you've kind of touched all over it, is what do you see? Uh, maybe, maybe we don't, maybe, I don't know if, if you can add to what you already have, but what is the focus or vision for fruit, first fruits revolution? What makes you unique? I think you've kind of touched all around that, but do you have any other thoughts on that? Uh, the, I think that my husband did a great job exactly. communicating, uh, uh, letting the body of Christ be the body of Christ um, if you're, if you have a teaching gift, you will have an opportunity to teach. If you have a desire and you come and tell us, um, we are, uh, we are not, um, pulpit hogs as it were. No, I we know that. Want, yeah. We, and we have a, we really have a, um, well, I had a word back in 2000 and, and uh, Seven. First, I heard the Lord say training center. And then mm. in 2009, he began to speak to me about the Northwest region and what he wanted mm. to do in the Northwest with um, the body of Christ, just his intention. And he was telling me he wanted to create healing revival centers. Oh, and wow. Uh, yeah. yeah, and he wanted to see the body healed uh, physically as well as emotional healing and families healed and restored. And uh, that he said that he um, he showed me what this what it would look like, and there would be freedom. There would be um, artists painting. There would be uh, flagging. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. whole fan like a whole family involvement um and he, when he showed me that i knew that he want he, it was his intention to do that for the northwest but right. then when he called us to do this especially after doing the home for a couple of years we realized we were going to become an official um church and you know we knew okay well we're just going to need to run with this vision and with this word. Mm -hmm. And so that is what we want to be is in the essence is that we are a healing revival center inside the heartbeat is that people are being healed, restored. And we do have a healing ministry for um, people can do sessions like they're kind of mm. like a sozo session right. uh, where Places that God wants to heal and restore your heart. Yeah. Uh, that's a passion we have. And then we also, in keeping with the training center word, we do have a school called the School of Transformation. And that is on Tuesdays, 6.15 to 8.15. 
And that is a multi-church uh, school. That is not a Amen. school just for the members of First Fruits. That is a school for anybody in the body of Christ who wants to gain more confidence, greater boldness in their gifts and callings. And we use the uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Curriculum along with other curriculum. So um, being a training center uh, is is also something that we take seriously. Let's do this thing. Let's uh, get the body of Christ hungry for revival mm, and amen. equipped and That's excited. So you know, I want to I want to touch on something that Tina just said to uh, just enhance a little bit or elaborate, I should say, um, is first off, I we see the kingdom as family mm. and and that's what we want to build in the church is a family. We want people to come into the kingdom recognizing that they're children of God and, and that we're brothers and sisters, that we're a family and work together. And the other thing, too, is, is that kingdom is more than just our church alone. Kingdom mm-hmm. is all the churches around the entire world. I mean, seriously. And we don't want to limit ourselves. That's why um, we we look at, hey, if you come from another church to the, you know, and you come to our school, that's awesome. And we don't we're not there to. um you know, try to win you to start coming to our church. We're not, uh, you know, we, I mean, obviously we love to have people come into the church so we, that we can affect their lives. But one thing we want to be real careful of is, is that we don't, we're not exercising control over, um, people. So, uh, we don't, we're not trying to build a kingdom within our church. So we just want to raise people up. And if a person feels like they've been raised up and feel like it's it's time for them to move on and God's moving them on, hey, they have our blessing. We're not worried about hanging on to people or we're not worried about that sort of a thing at all. We're just worried about facilitating people's in their lives to come into the destiny and calling God has on them. So mm, that's good. That's good. I want to I'm just going to jump to some something kind of that ties in here and. Uh, I'd kind of made a note when you said it because I think you uh, you mentioned it, Steve. So maybe you and I relate. Probably Tina too, because she was involved. Um, you talked about that you ran into, you know, I don't want to major on this, but I do want to touch on it. Uh, ran into a number of problems at times where in other uh, churches you were with, and that it, you didn't get so negative or let yourself get so negative about it as much as you kind of tucked that away. And you kind of found solutions to those things. And mm-hmm. I want to just talk a little bit about pastoring. Uh, in Ephesians 4, we see that it's one of the, uh, f- some people believe it's one of the fivefold offices or fourfold, I guess I was going to say, but I see it as fivefold. Yeah. Um, and, and I want to talk about that Abba's true shepherds. And I was reading in it, I'm sure you've read it, it's Old Testament, Ezekiel 34. About um, and and a number of my friends, not not a lot of them, but a few, they pull this up as a reason. You know, well, God's not really behind the church. God's not really behind the pastorate the way it's set up today because you know they're not really feeding the the flock and they're scattering the flock. And and I'm sure we've seen that. 
Um, I just, I just, um, I just think pastoring. I, I told some people once that pastoring involved uh, the pastors, like an old old man of God told me, smelling like the sheep. In other words, they were in the lives of their sheep, and a lot of problems I see, and and God has convicted me of this. I could, you know, it's so easy for us as people to pick out problems and see problems. And God came to me once because I, I kind of have related to what I'm talking to you about this problem, you know, <clears throat> seeing pastors that way because of experiences I've had. And he said, stop looking at all the negative and find some solutions to that. What are your solutions? That's if right. you're going to say the pastors are this way, how would you see it to be different? And I'm thinking that, um, in the church as we see it, and that's kind of why you start a First Fruits too, I don't think we see true pastoring a lot of times. A man will get up, or a woman, preach a five-star sermon, and I love that because I'm a teacher. I love to do that. But they're not really intimately involved with the people's lives. You can go—I know friends of mine, maybe my wife, I'll tell on her, is this way. They just soon go into a church, hear a message, and then run out the door— uh, there's no relationship. And I think pastoring is about relationship. Uh, you need to be involved in people's lives. And I'm wondering with the way the North American church is set up today, how do we accomplish that? Because I don't think it's possible, unless you have a small church, for you to pastor 100 people. You know? I mean, I, I'd like how can to you— Yes, I'd like to hear some, some yeah, of your I'd thoughts like on it. And then let Steve uh, jump in. Um, but first of all, w- something that we see in uh, the book of Acts and beyond, but is, and then in Ephesians, it talks about uh, fivefold uh, ministry, which you did mention, where you have the right. apostle prophets, the teachers, the pastors, and evangelists. And some of what we feel all of us have been raised up under for the last hundred plus years, 200 years probably, is a pastor-led church or a pastor-driven church. Right. And so right there, you're going to burn out the pastor. He's going to be so wiped out. If he is doing, if it's pastor-led where it's only the pastor, that's part of the problem is Everybody's expecting this guy's got to do it all. But what he needs is to raise, he or she, to raise up the teams so that you have yes. teachers in your body, you have evangelists in your body. you So all of those, and you have pastors in your body. Amen. They might not be the main, no, the one that's... I, right. You see what I'm saying? I but you have a, you. Pastor, a pastor team. If you right, have a pastor right. team in your church, then you, I, we have uh, some people that we, anybody that's broke, you know, they need some counsel and, and our schedule is booked. We say, Hey, go talk to this couple. They have a great pastoral anointing and uh, see how, and see how that works. So, and, and if they're unsatisfied, I'm just like, come back to me if you don't feel like you are you got the help you needed. And why I'm saying that is that goes back to we are the body and we are a team. And if we follow the one traditional model of pastoral-led 
uh, only, we're missing a huge Mm. piece. If we can function as a team of leaders, needs can be met. I mean, the apostle is going to be able to have the vision for the house. The apostle knows what, like heaven to earth. The apostle brings heaven to earth. They know, they get the word of the Lord, what God is doing, what his intention is, and they have the vision. um, So I think it's helpful, first of all, to understand uh, that fivefold peace. Right. And then release the people to operate and function as a team. So you aren't doing the old school. The pastor is the guy that does it all. And right. then when you go back to refer to that Ezekiel 34, that pastor was all about taking care of himself, that shepherd. Exactly. And feeding himself. He was self-focused. He was narcissistic, if you want to use a <laughs> exactly. modern day term. He was a narcissistic pastor, only caring for himself. That is sin. That is Mm. wicked. And the Lord will call into account, and I believe even remove at some point a pastor that is operating like that. Uh, You know, a pastor or a leader, however that structure looks. Uh, So that's just what... I think is when people say, oh, I, well, you know, first of all, if you're feeling wounded, go to the source and he will heal you and don't throw out the baby with the bathwater that not assembling together is not worth it. If that pastor is selfish, find, find another church that's more kingdom minded, Right, right, right. you know, go someplace where they're kingdom. And they want to I've, release the fivefold. I, I felt because I know you two, and I've been to First Fruits, and I've talked to Steve and you, Tina. I felt like your answers would kind of be along that line. Um, like I said, when I, you know, I've went to four main churches in my life. Two of them I had real issues with. One you know of. They went off the deep end. They went into heresy. Mm. Sad to say. Yes. Um, uh, you know, and when I when it's kept coming up to me, and I kind of got on this on this scripture too. That's when God finally began to talk to me. He says, "Be the solution." And the solution, when you read, I'm sure you've read this. How many people read the second part of this? For the Lord God says, "I myself will search for my sheep." after them as a shepherd cares for his flock. In other mm-hmm. words, he's going to shepherd the people. Mm-hmm. And the way I see the fivefold ministry, especially the pastor, but all the positions, that's really Jesus yes. you know, inside the person. Yes. That's Jesus. That's yes. a reflection of Jesus, not literally Jesus. You know what I mean. Right. True. And that's what true pastoring is. A true pastor is a representative of Jesus, not the first part where they're selfish and they're doing it. We see that, but this is the solution. And I think in the last days, God is raising up pastors that are like, I guess it's verse 11 through 16. I will seek the lost. I'll bind up the broken. That's And that's how I see the both of you. That's what draws me to you. Um, I've known that, you know, ever since I've known you, since uh, our brother Earl kind of introduced me to coming down there, you know. Um, and that's, that's so beautiful. And I like it. You know, you've said, you kind of answered what I wanted to, what I thought, you know, that 
maybe you can't meet every single person. You know, I understand that, but you you do have people that you trust that I would call them kind of like under shepherds, or people that also have a pastoring minister ministry that mm-hmm. can kind of take that on. And I think that's important in the body of Christ. So that's a that's a good answer. So any any other thoughts on that before we kind of move on, or what do you think? Well, I think that uh, I think that uh, being a pastor, and believe you me. Uh, I never sought to be a pastor. Uh, when I originally came into this ministry, and uh, I think that, ha- I, and I'm being honest here, and 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 kind of in a in a humorous way, but I think that if I would have looked ahead to see uh, uh, what God's plan was, that's why you've heard the term probably Jehovah sneaky, or you know right. how God will kind of take you down a path, but he's not going to show you everything um, in advance because maybe some of the things that he would show you in advance, you might kind of want to run away from like Jonah. And right. so um, I never, I never really had a desire to be a pastor um, because I think at, uh, and of course this is early on in my Christian walk. I think I was a little more self-focused and uh, wanting to uh I don't know. I had my own uh, perspective of where I thought God was going to take me and where I would end up. Uh, But I am so grateful for God taking me down this path of being a pastor, because as a pastor, you really do have to learn how to take up your cross daily uh, and uh, and really sacrifice your life uh, for for other individuals, you know, because your life is no longer your own. And so. Uh, in the past, and I and I still have to deal with this. Where you have times where, well, yeah, but I'd like to do this, but somebody has a need, and you have to let go of what you your wants to go meet the need. And so I kind of liken uh, being a pastor, uh, in a sense, to parenting, to be, mm, uh, yes, you know, it is. It is. It's a it's it's a type of parenting in a way, and. Uh, and so I'm growing. I'm growing in that in that area. But uh, yeah, I I am really grateful to God to put me in this. Would I say that my uh, as the fivefold ministry? Would I say that my office is prophet? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that, but God sure has put me in that place. Right to grow in, to grow in that area to learn to be and and we and and oftentimes we hear the term that Tina and I are a father and a mother to the house of yes. God to our Amen. house. You see, what I'm saying so that exactly. that that would be what I would add to that. And the other thing that I would say to anybody that's been wounded by a pastor is remember that we as people are. Uh, we can make mistakes. We we can make some horrendous mistakes out there, but the church isn't based on a pastor. The church, no. the, 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 the kingdom right. is not based on a church. It's not based on uh, anything man, man orientated. It is right, Jesus right. Christ is the head of the church. That's and right. so That's right. don't allow the enemy to come in and say, because I've heard this before, well, I don't go to church because when I went to church, I was wounded by a certain individual. 
Well, that individual is a fallible person who who can make mistakes and they're in there. We're all in the process. Yes. And, and so we need to have grace in our lives and recognize Jesus Christ would never do that to you. No, Jesus Christ loves you. So if, if you've been wounded one place, uh, let God do a healing in you and, and move somewhere else. Ask God, where else do you want to take? Don't leave the church because of a person. Right. And I know you and I spoke the other day and even you, a lot of pastors wouldn't feel this way, but this shows me too, that you have a pastor's heart and that you're, you have a security in the Lord. Uh, That's maybe kind of a problem I had with a couple churches too, that they kind of tied together with other problems was they wanted to hold on to people. And you realize as I do that sometimes God will have you go somewhere and be in a body for a season and then move yeah. you on, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. You're so correct. That. Yeah, so, that is, that's very correct. Anyway, um, let's see. I think, boy, we've touched on so many things. Um, you know, you, you've said, I've talked about, you and I talked the other day in the coffee shop, that community and corporate worship were so important. You know, yes. I, when I was mm-hmm. wounded and hurt, I thought I could be a spiritual lone ranger, and God would always bring me back to this place of, no, Matt, you will not be perfected unless you're among my people. You'll not grow into the man of God that I want you to be without other people. And God always yeah. brought me back to that. You have to have community. What what did we? Yes. Uh, somebody t- talked here about iron sharpening iron. You have to be do life together where there's people that you feel comfortable with, that you can let your hair down with, that they can speak into your life. You can do life together, but you also have to have, like I said, oh Lord, I don't need that. Also, I can get on the internet and listen to the worship and worship that way, and that's all good. I can get my guitar out and play it and worship you, but there's something special about God's people. Yes. Uh, and he gave me a message from Ephesians 4 about the living, breathing temple of God. There's mm. something special yeah. about That's the good. people of God coming together in worship that you cannot get just by yourself. So, no, That's you correct. cannot. And Matt, how, how do you have relationship in terms of people? How do you have relationship unless you have interaction? Personal exactly. interaction. Without exactly. personal interaction, you cannot have relationship. And the kingdom no. of God is all about relationship. First with the Father, and then with each other on a corporate level. And, I, and, and again, iron sharpens iron. How do you grow? How do you grow without interaction with others? Amen. I agree. I agree. As much as there's been, not recently, but in past in my life, there's been times where I didn't want to agree with that. God would always bring me back to that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. don't want to be around other people. I want to be, you know, like Jonah. Jonah got mad at God. Sometimes I'd get mad and say, I don't want to hear that. But you know. yeah. yeah. You, and you know, Matt, the other thing being too is, is that, um, it's a uh, anytime you talk about interaction, uh, relationship. Don't forget the word risk is always in there. Exactly. 
risk exactly. because when you go your when you go to have interaction with other people especially on on some kind of a level where you're attempting to grow and and to get to know one another and everything there's risk involved there risk of rejection risk of you know there's just and that's what happens with people when they get wounded in the church is somehow they feel that they've been rejected and so exactly. the thing that we really try to uh, have at first fruits is is the attitude of come in and be a family. And even if you don't stay with our church, it's, you know, I mean, is family always together in the same house? No, yes. family isn't, but we're family. And so the idea is uh, at First Fruits, we try to create a, a safe environment for people to come into so that you can feel safe. We don't want you to come in and, and, and feel like, oh, nobody's talking to me or I've been rejected. Or We want to really uh, provide a safe place and the liberty. I always want people to be able to say, hey, uh, rather than walk away wounded, if you have some an issue with me or the church or whatever, Come and let's be honest. Talk with me, and let and let's let's uh, let's work it out. Let's interact as a family so that we get the healing there, and the relationship is renewed rather than to walk away. Amen. Amen. Wow, this has been really good. Um, I wanted to, but I just feel like this is good for now. Would be all right, Tina. I know you're a busy pastor to have you back sometime and talk about your book. Absolutely. There's so much here for the church. I think uh, I'll just say this much about it. Having read it a third time now this week, I think everybody that wants to move in the prophetic or thinks themselves a prophet should read this book before they, before they uh, launch out too much into prophecy. Well, thank <laughs> that, you for that. that. I really think so. It's the way you, you, the things you bring up and the way you weave in all these personal stories, it's just so beautiful. So uh, I just don't think we'd do it justice if we tried to rush through it today. So right. Is that okay? Right. Would that be okay? Yeah, yeah. Would we'll set up a date. Yeah, we'll set up a date. Yeah, I don't want to impose. I know you're a busy lady, but I sure would love to have you talk about your book on on another podcast. Yeah. And, um, and the title, the title being her husband, uh, the title of the book is prophecy from Pro- a, prophesy. Oh, prophesy. You can say that two different ways. Prophesy, prophesy from a pure stream. Mm-hmm. And it is available so also on Amazon. And, but boy, I've read the book and yep, yeah, I have to say uh, my wife really <laughs> covers that topic. Well, what we'll, in fact, what we'll do is what we'll do is we'll put that along with how to get a hold of you and your church. I'll put that in the show notes, uh, uh, you know, about oh, thank the book you. and all that. Yeah, I, yes. I want to really promote. I want to really promote the book because I think it's important. I really thank do. It's a wonderful much. book. Um, and then uh, would it be all right uh, when we're done here? I just want to talk to you after I re- stop the recording for for another minute, if that's okay. That's fine. Absolutely. I, I, I had something I forgot to tell you. And then uh, would it be okay if I imposed on the both of you to pray for the audience out there to close out the show that way? Would you mind doing that, both of you? 
or however you want the two of you yeah, feel to do we'll that. do it. We'll do it. So oh, Heavenly okay. Father, we just we just thank you for this time today. Mm-hmm. And for everybody that is coming in, uh, listening to this, uh, whatever time of the day they come in to listen to this, Father, we just pray for each individual that they will be blessed, that their heart will be touched, and there will be a stirring of more of you and more community with one another. I pray for each one listening that they will find themselves in family, mm-hmm. that you would lead them. If they're in a place right now where they are not in family, what I mean by that is a church body that fe- that surrounds them, that feels like home, that you would lead and guide and show each one where you want them to be because you say in the word in Psalms that you set the lonely in family. Mm -hmm, And I would pray for that for everyone that they would, they would be in family in a healthy family. If the family is highly dysfunctional, Lord, that you would show them if it's uh, time to uh, be released or if they need to uh, just continue to pray uh, Father, but we thank you, Father, because you created family, you created the body of Christ, and you want us to be in family. I thank you for that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God, just thank you for the honor and the privilege to participate in this today, God. We pray that you continue to uh, bless uh, Matt and his and his ministry in this podcast, that you just continue to uh, bring increase 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 father Thank you, Lord. uh and and bring bring a harvest through this father god uh f- for many uh god just just bring them in from the highways and the byways to hear this podcast and in in uh, whatever capacity you do that you have such a way lord of casting the net father to bring to bring them in and i would speak to those uh who have felt the wounding from someone in leadership. And right now, I, I believe the Lord wants to speak right into your heart to bring healing. And, and God says, that wasn't me that, mm, that, right. that you felt the attack from. That was not my voice being spoken to you. That yeah. was not the Lord speaking to you. But this is what the Lord does say to mm-hmm. you. The Lord says, I love you. Amen. I created you. Amen. I made you special. There's no one like you. No one else like yes. you, you yes. and you alone. I created and I, I made you and I knew you before the foundations of this world were ever laid. And I want you to know that I created you for love and out of my love and to be loved and to love. And I, I just speak healing into your heart right now. Thank you, Lord. Healing into your heart That's right good. now to bring freedom and release to you. No longer do I want you to feel that wounding or that rejection because I would never reject you, says the Lord. I send my love to you. I send my love and I raise you up to be the man, to be the woman that I have called you to be. And I bring you into your destiny and I Mm. stir up the gifts within you. And I say, go forth in boldness and know that you do not have to fear man. Because I am yes. the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God, and I go with you. 
I go with you and I am with you wherever you are. I am with you in everything that you do. I walk beside you and oftentimes I carry you in my arms because of my love for you. So you you take heart in that, that the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Uh, This is a bit out of order, but this is beautiful. I just want to tell everyone here, uh, these are Abba's pastors. These are Abba's pastors of love. He's put the, his heart of love within them. Jesus is within them. Uh, uh, Steve and Tina McCorkle. And now what I'd like you to do is just put a shameless plug in for your church, because I think you have a wonderful assembly that uh, if anybody's listening to this in our area, uh, you could tell them where you're at when you meet, uh, maybe about the school, Tina. I'd love you for you to do that, if you wouldn't mind. Um, okay, so uh, we are in Sumner, Washington. The address is 732 Ryan Avenue, Sumner, Washington. There is parking uh, on Academy. There's a parking lot, and then there is street parking around the church. Um, I wanted to put a plug in for this Saturday because Amen. we have someone here that uh, Matt mentioned. mentioned, which is Earl <laughs> right. Thurner. He's he loves uh, first fruits. We're one of his families <laughs> that he mm. has a few families out there, and we're one of his. So he's coming in from Florida, and he is extremely passionate uh, for evangelism and for Jesus. So I would encourage you to come. Our meetings on Saturday night are six thirty. And we do have child care. About 6.15, between 6.15 and 6.30, we're doing pre-service prayer in the sanctuary. Anybody's invited to come and join that pre-service prayer just to set the atmosphere, set the tone. Uh, And as I said, we have child care provided primarily from the little ones up to about age 10, 11, at this time, we would love to build a youth ministry, but we need more youth for that to happen. So mm-hmm. if you happen to have youth and you're a pioneer, come on down and help us out with that. Uh, but anything else, Steve, that you would Well, say? I would just say that the church uh, that we are uh, uh, operating in on Saturday nights, and also we have a Tuesday morning prayer uh, that starts at 930, 9.30, and that's a powerful time. But I would just say that that uh, currently we are um, renting uh, from a Valley Christian Center. Yes. That's the that's the church that you're going to see. It's an old church that Tina even went to when she was um, a child. Yep. And so, and Pastor Kevin Young operates there uh, operates his church morning. on Sunday morning. And so we're very grateful to Kevin for uh, letting us be there. But for your listeners and uh, out there, we would love it. Pray for us. Um, We are looking for a facility of our own. Uh, We believe that God has a building out there uh, for us. And and so we are looking to do that so that we can operate uh, seven days a week, you know, and, and run ministry out of there. So that's that. And I'll add that there, the school is just starting. Mm. So if you are interested, if you've checked out anything from Bethel, uh, Redding, California with Bill Johnson, 
Um, the curriculum that we have is outstanding, and we just had our introduction uh, class on Tuesday last, September 20th. You are not late. Come on in if you want to join this coming well, we Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, the What is the date that this coming Tuesday? I'm not sure, but <laughs> it's next to well, What is it? The 20th? I think it's the 27th. Okay, so September 27th, it would be Tuesday night, 6.15 to 8.15. We have a very affordable price. Uh, we're, wow, we're just uh, wanting people to come in so you, uh, that they can grow and learn. If there's a need for child care, you just let us know. Uh, Another thing I would say to his ad is we are on Facebook yeah. And so if you have a Facebook account, uh, look us up at First Fruits Revolution Ministries, located in Sumner, and you can get more information there and also on the uh, First Fruits Revolution Ministries School of Transformation. Well, if you if you go to our website, there will be information about the school as yeah. well. What and I'll have be- you, what I'll ha- ask you both to do, or one of you to do. I know you're busy people. Maybe you could send me an email, the contact information, and I'll put it in the show notes. Oh, that sounds great. That sounds great. Okay, okay. I'll put it all in yeah. there because yeah. uh, be worthwhile for people. You know, if they need a a community loving church to check you all out. So yeah, thank you, Matt. We appreciate that. Well, thank you, and um, I'll see you folks on the other side then. Okay. Wow. Thank you for joining us for another great discussion on The Kingdom Corner, hosted by Matt Geib. Remember to click the subscribe button so you can be notified of each new episode as it's released. To enjoy an even deeper dive into God's Word, check out Matt's new devotional book, Searching for Significance, a devotional journey through the book of Ecclesiastes. Learn more and even hear from Matt himself on the devotional website, significanceacademy.com. As always, thank you for being a part of the Kingdom Corner.